From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the heart of Middle Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. We are excited today that we have the privilege to be right here. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. I'm so glad that you've joined us today with an open Bible. We come to this microphone. We come to spend some time here every day, five days a week on this station, and we look forward to you joining us as often as you possibly can. Now, today and again on Monday, we're going to hear a message, a conference message that I did at the National Sword of the Lord Conference a while back. I've been uh, dealing with some laryngitis, as I've been mentioning throughout the week here, and it's beginning to clean up. But at the same time, I just need some time to rest my voice. And so we're going to have the uh, playing of this uh, message that I think will be a help to you. And today, the message is entitled, Seven Bible Reasons Why I'm Still Excited. And I'm thankful today for the privilege to let you hear this message, and I trust it'll be a blessing. We're going to hear part one of it, and then we'll do part two of it on the Monday broadcast. So let's listen up. Here's the message entitled, Seven Bible Reasons Why I'm Still Excited. Second Timothy chapter number four. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I'm now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearance." Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. And to Caicus have I sent to Ephesus, the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus. When thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At first no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I read the entirety of that chapter and I remind you that all of this is written from a dungeon 
incarcerated was he for his faith and faithfulness. And yet he says, chapter one, verse eight, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the word of God. In the calaboose he was, and not a modern style one at that. And yet he says in chapter one, verses 11 and 12, whereunto I'm appointed a preacher and an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. I'm not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. He is perhaps locked in stocks. And yet he says, chapter two, verse nine, wherefore I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may also obtain the salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. I mean, here he is locked up, having a hard time, probably not being fed well, a lot of unpleasant things. And yet in chapter two, verse 19, he says, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his. And let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Now consider, if you will, all of this in the theater of reality where you and I live, where little babies cry, where we have the brokenness of hurt and heartache on every hand and the tragedy of violence and other wicked, ungodly things all of the time. And here he is faced with brethren who are weak and waffling and even wicked toward him. Uh, chapter three and verse one that talks about the peril of the last days. All of that is about the church crowd. It says, they'll be lovers of their own selves, covetous, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You say the church crowd? Yes, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Now, let it be noted, the passage continues to say, from such we are to turn away. The text that I read in the first reading, verses 17 and 18, in spite of the jail, verse 17 says, nevertheless, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever, amen. Now if you'll back up and look just a little bit. Verse 10, Demas, he's one of the church crowd, but he forsook the great apostle. 
He forsook him because of his carnal lust for an evil world. He mentions, in addition to that, uh, Crescens who went to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia uh, only has the companionship of Luke. He mentions favorably Mark with whom he had had some struggling and uh, problems at a point. He mentions Tychicus that he was able to send over to Ephesus and Carpus that he's going to trust to bring some things to him. Then he mentions Alexander the coppersmith. Says he did me much evil. Now, what's the deal here? He said, well, let the Lord take care of that dude. Amen. The Lord reward him according to his works, but he said, you be wary of him too. Uh, all of that, and he mentioned some others down here, Erastus and Trophimus and Priscilla and Aquila and some others as well. Now, I read this list, starting with Demas and going all the way down to the, near the end of the chapter. And then I backed up to the book of Romans and First and Second Corinthians and Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and so forth, and in all of the epistles, at the end of these letters to individuals and churches, there are mentioned any number of people, any number of them. In fact, by my count, there's a total in all of the epistles of 72 such named and noted references. The interesting thing to me is there's 72 of them and there's only five turkeys in the bunch. Uh, let me reemphasize that theologically. There are only five eggheads in the bunch. They are bad dudes, five of them. Now, you say, why do you point this out? Well, we all have faced the Demas dilemma of having somebody forsake us. But now, you say, what's the deal here? I've seen these folks. I've had some of them in my churches. But what I've had far more of out of the 72, I mean, we got a 15 to one ratio here. here. Here's my problem. I get so focused on Demas, I forget about the 15 good ones. And if I'm not careful, I get sidetracked or I'll get bitter or I'll just throw up my hands and say, I'm going to quit. Oh, you say, well, I, that was all a long time ago. Oh, well, yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, I got to looking at this and I got to thinking about some of the five that I've, that I've known. Long years ago, I got up one Sunday and I, I preached against dancing. You see, I thought it was wrong. And uh, just in case you wonder where I am on that, I still think it's wrong. And I got up on a Sunday morning and I said so. And uh, our children were small at that time and uh, we just barely got home and had just sat down to the table to eat our Sunday lunch. And I had a deacon on my doorstep. And he was mad, red-faced, angry beyond what he should have been. You know, I have to tell you, in spite of being chewed out by him that morning, I'm still excited. A couple of years later, uh, we had moved to another place. I got up on a Sunday morning and I, I mentioned that uh, I thought it was wrong to smoke cigarettes. I had a man sitting behind me in the choir who spoke out loud to let me know he didn't like the sound of that. <laughs> Say that, that sounded like trouble. It was trouble. In fact, in that church, I only stayed two and a half years to the day. Two and a half long, miserable years. 
During that two and a half years, attendance peaked. Church was about 50 years old. Attendance by the church records peaked more than it had ever been. We had more people saved and baptized than they'd ever had. Offerings were higher than they'd ever been. But I had all kinds of people fussing, stewing, I mean, working against me all of the time. I kept saying to Betty, we get on top of it. We get on top of it. We never did. Hey, you say, you just got a little old cigarette. You got them preaching against that? Yeah, yeah. And it got, I mean, things got crossways in a hurry. But I'm still excited. I'm just saying to you, I've seen some of this. I've had preacher friends who turned against me. I've, I've had some of my heroes who disappointed me. I want you to know, for every such rascal, for every such turncoat, for every such bedeviled individual who will, who will harass you and give you difficulty, there are others, maybe as many as 15 to one or more, who will be true, they'll be faithful, they'll stand by you. Well, dear friends, we're going to have to interrupt right there, but come Monday, we'll hear part two of this message entitled, Seven Bible Reasons Why I'm Still Excited. And I think it'll be a help to you if you'll just pay attention to the things that I'm laying out here very, very clearly, strong Bible reasons why that we just need to be up and running every day in the service of the Lord. Now, I look forward to hearing from you sometime, and I trust that you'll plan to write me a note. If we're being a help to you, it'll be an encouragement to us to know about it. So write me a note first time you get a chance. Here's the address. Dr. Shelton Smith at the Sword of the Lord, but you can just put my name or the sword name at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. We look forward to hearing from you, so do jot me a note just as quickly as you can. In the meantime, we'll look forward to seeing you here Monday, and I trust you'll have a good rest of this day and a great weekend, and goodbye for now.